Welcome, amen, to Highway Baptist Church tonight, part three on tongues. Amen. So let's go uh, to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Uh, we did two parts this morning. If you're making it to the third part, amen, God bless you. <laughs> amen. <laughs> And uh, if you come seeking edification, I hope you get it. Uh, you come seeking exhortation, I hope you get it. Uh, we're trying to help you. Not only reprove the wicked and the people that's false doctrine, but edify the saints and encourage the saints and give you some meat. Now the Bible said, Study to show thyself approved unto God a workman needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. When we talk about the Bible... We're talking about the AV 1611. Amen. And I'm going to tell you something right now. If somebody tells you there's mistakes in the King James Bible, it was a man that told you that. The very written words tell you it's true. It's without error. It's preserved. It's perfect. It's pure. It's very pure. Amen. It's inspired. It's incorruptible. Amen. Amen. A man's got to educate you out of that. And then they want to tell you that you're listening to man when all he's doing is reciting the very words of the living God that has stood the test of the time. The fruit of this book has produced all the great revivals. It defeated the clutches and hands of Rome. And the reason we're going back into Rome's hands, amen, except me and a few other people that believe the book, the reason why we're going back into the Rome's hands and clutches is because somehow she infiltrated our Bible colleges and switched to Reformation text, King James Bible of the Protestant Reformation, amen, and turned around and gave them and the back, the Vaticanus, the Sinaiticus, the Alexandrian text Bible, amen, which our forefathers died to beat. Amen. Hello. Amen. Did I lose y'all? Listen, back in our Bible colleges now is the Catholic Bible. Our preachers have traded the King James Bible for the Catholic text. The one that the King James Bible defeated. The great Protestant Reformation through Mark Luther and others took a stand for the Word of God. Amen. And what's written in the front of my King James Bible that there should be one more exact translation that would defeat the man of sin. Amen. And it did. And that light came forth and great revival spread around the world. We're losing revival. Why? Because you're dispensationalist. You rightly divide. No. Because they're giving up the text. They're giving up the Word of God. And they've gone back to Vatican. They've gone back to the Vaticanus. They're accepting the corrupt translations. And they think they're spiritual by doing that. Amen. Listen, you're not going to convince anybody what I'm talking to you about on this message on tongues if they don't believe the book. Because they're putting stock in their experience. All them scholars are putting stock in their brain. Their final authorities in their head between their ears. They don't believe what they're holding in their hands of final authority, so that gives them leverage and liberty to correct the book anytime they want because they're the final authority. The Catholics is the church. The church is the final authority, not even their Vaticanus, right? They believe it's the Word of God and tradition, and where the Word of God corrects tradition, the tradition's right every time according to the Catholic Church. They chunk it. The mother church is always right, no matter if the Bible tells them they're wrong. Amen. Ask a Catholic. Ask them. Amen. They'll tell you, well, there's many other things without paper and ink. Amen. And the, and the church always trumps the Bible. 
You show them what the Bible says? They got an excuse to explain it away. Why? The final authority is the church. Amen. Ask any Catholic. They want eternal life. They got to go through the church. The church is the custodian. Amen. Ask an atheist who his final authority is. He don't have one. Amen. He just thinks he's here on a, on a field trip. He don't know where he's going. He don't know where he come from. And he ain't even enjoying the trip. Hello. Amen. Amen. I'm a King James Bible believer. I believe the Bible's the Word of God. I believe the Holy Ghost inspired it. I believe when I got saved, the author came into my heart and he opened up my spiritual understanding to give me insight into the Word of God and have faith in this book. And so I believe it as is written. But then you got to go to bookstores and bookstores want to correct your faith in this book. Then there's men that want to publish Bibles and put notes in here and correct this book. Chunk the men believe the book. Throw the footnotes out and believe the book. Gabriel was talking to a person. He said, well, quote me Matthew 18, 11 out of your Bible. It's not there. Huh. But you believe you got the Bible, but you can't even find the numbers 11. Amen. You go to Matthew 17, 21. Find me Matthew 17, 21 in those new Bibles. It's not there. They remove it. Not even the number 21 is there. Find me Acts 8, 37. It ain't there. Their Bible's full of holes. And yet they want to tell me how to interpret and know the Holy Ghost when their Bible's full of holes and it contradicts and blasphemes Jesus Christ. Let's go to John chapter 16. John chapter number 16. I'll show you a verse that slams these folks. He said, who? Anybody that wants to put too much stock in the Holy Ghost. And I'm not blaspheming the Holy Ghost by saying that. You'll understand the context of this verse. John chapter number 16, verse 13. How be it when he, who's he? The spirit of who? Truth has come. He will guide you where? In all truth. He's not going to correct the book he wrote. You understand? Jesus said in John 17, 17, what did he say? Thy word is truth. Amen. Sanctifying through thy truth. Thy word is truth. The Holy Ghost is going to guide you into truth. You're holding the truth in your hands if you've got a King James Bible. He will guide you in all truth. He shall not what? Speak of himself. Whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you what? Things to come. Amen. The Holy Ghost is going to reveal some things to you through the word of God. Not some private interpretation in your closet so you can come in puffed up and say, I had a vision, I had a dream, I got a revelation, and put all the spotlight on you and not on who? Jesus Christ. The Holy Ghost come to put the light on the Jesus Christ. He come to magnify the Lord, not himself. You got all these ministries out there all want to magnify the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost of God doesn't want you to see that. Amen. The Lord's really getting ready to come back. Gabriel's tuning up his trumpet. You said somebody's trying to get in touch with you. Well, they can pray. Amen. Hello. John chapter number 7. John chapter number 7. Lord, whoever's trying to get in touch with us, Lord, I just pray you meet their need. If they're asking for prayer, you know what it is. Take care of it now, Lord, for us in Jesus' name. Amen. John chapter number 7. Verse 37, in the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto who? Me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture saith, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And this he spake of who? 
the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet what? Glorified. The Spirit and the Holy Ghost are the same person in the same book, and he didn't come to glorify himself. He come to magnify Jesus. Amen. You with me? You understand? First Corinthians chapter number 14. First Corinthians chapter number 14. Amen. So man, you got an attitude, preacher. You're right. I can't stand people correcting God's book. I can't stand people trying to deify themselves and, and discredit Jesus Christ. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter number 14, verse 1. Follow after. Why? Why does he want you to follow after charity? Charity is a more excellent way. 1 Corinthians 12, 31. And then charity, amen, is what you're supposed to add to your faith. The last thing in 2 Peter chapter number 1, amen, and according to Colossians chapter number 3, it's the bond of perfectness, the bond of com perfection, completeness, wholeness. Amen. It's the cherry that solidifies the Sunday. <laughs> amen. I'm telling you, it's the, it's the, amen, it's the top. It's the catch me out. Amen. What? Charity. He said, follow after charity and desire what? Spiritual gifts. You desiring spiritual gifts? What kind of gifts you want? Charismatics are pushing them all the time. They're seeking sign gifts to go to the apostles and they're missing the other gifts. Amen. You say other gifts. Yeah, how about uh, 1 Corinthians 12? How about uh, verse 28? And God has set some into the church. First apostles, secondary prophets, thirdly who? Teachers. Teachers, that's a gift according to Ephesians chapter number uh, 4. Right? After that, miracles. You looking for a miracle? It's a miracle you can show up church every Sunday, every Wednesday. It's a miracle if you can read your Bible every week, every day. Amen. It's a miracle if you can pay your tithes. <laughs> it's a miracle you get a Christian to open his mouth tell somebody about a salvation experience. Amen. Amen. You know, it's real easy for the flesh to clam up, shut up, but it's a real, it's a real gift to the Holy Ghost to help you become what? Acts 1.8, you shall receive the Holy Ghost what? And you shall be witnesses after what? The Holy Ghost has come upon you. Amen. The true evidence, initial evidence of the Holy Ghost is somebody speaking about Jesus Christ. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter number 4. I believe, therefore I have spoken. Amen. The initial evidence of the Holy Ghost is somebody goes out and says, Hey, I got saved. I trusted Jesus Christ, my Savior. Amen. And that's the initial evidence of the Holy Ghost. Amen. They want to tell everybody what happened because it's the most wonderful thing that ever happened that all their sins were forgiven. Amen. Their name's written down in the book of heaven. Amen. They're not going to go burn in a lake of fire. Woohoo! They're saved. Amen. Give it up. I ain't answering it. Hello. You understand? First Corinthians says, follow after charity, desire spiritual gifts. Let First Corinthians chapter number 12, he says, thirdly, miracles. Then gifts of what? Healings. I believe God heals. I believe in a divine healer. But I don't believe Benny Hinn and all them got a gift to heal. You say, why? Because too many van loads of sick people and crippled people, amen, and hurting people leave his, leave his uh, circus. Amen. Untouched. Amen. 
Hey, man. Hello? Gabriel, shut that thing off, throw it out the window, do something with it. Hello? Amen. They got the gift of healing. I'm telling you, the apostles had the gifts of healing. When they touched somebody, they were healed. You understand? Don't sit there and read them, just turn it off. Hello? I'm trying to help you tonight. The devil's trying to fight this service. Amen? Listen, they had divine gift of healing, and when they touched somebody, they got healed without prayer, without anointing. Amen? These clowns, these fakers ain't got it today. Listen, I can heal you today if you want healed. But you ain't got to follow my advice. Because you think all healing's miraculous in an instantaneous speaking of the world or laying on of the hand. I can heal you. We got a jug of stuff right around the corner here we're giving to Miss Cindy. Minerals and vitamins. They'll help heal you. They'll, they'll feed your soul. They'll feed your flesh. They'll feed your body. But at McDonald's over there, they'll destroy you. They'll kill you. What we're eating out there is killing us. Yeah. We're eating from a cursed ground. And then everybody in the FDA and everybody else is putting poison in food. Some of these fast food restaurants are feeding you human flesh mixed in with a hamburger. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> you don't want to know what's in bologna. You don't want to know what's in head cheese. You don't want to know what's in all that junk, them hot dogs that you're eating. I'm telling you, all that processed food's killing us. Pumping our country full of, chick, uh, uh, of poison and cancer. I can heal you. An ounce of prevention is what? A pound of cure. You know how many people want an ounce of prevention? Hey Amen. I can speak healing to you. Eat right. <laughs> Get sleep. You know how much good sleep will do for somebody? <laughs> Hello? Hey Amen. I'm telling you. Amen. Our country's going to where they're not getting no sleep. Listen, yeah. a good night of rest, good good food. I'm talking quality food. Amen. And some good, clear water, not drinking sodas. Yeah. Ought to go to now the end begins website and look at one Diet Coke and one Coke will do to you. And then magnify that by about 300 to 1,000 of them a year in your body when you see what one does. You said, Preacher, you drank a lot of Cokes. Yeah, I got some wisdom now. I don't want to touch them. Hello? What are you doing? I'm healing myself. The gift of healing, what? The gift of healing starts with not you putting poison in your body. <laughs> Woo! Glory to God. Amen? Amen. Right? Lester Roloff preached it. He said, you women, he said, you better learn what 1 Timothy 4 is all about. He said, you don't bow your head over a bucket full of grease. Say, God bless his grease as it clogs my arteries and gives me a heart attack. He said, you women are killing your husbands by what you're feeding them. Amen? Amen. Roloff was big on, on uh, food. How long he lived? He believed he could live to 120. It was a plane wreck took him out. Amen. Got in a storm, plane took him down. But he was preaching health all over the place. Health and healing begins with wisdom and discernment and following God's plans. What did he say in Exodus chapter 15, verse 26? I'm stepping out somewhere I probably don't, nobody wants me to go. Exodus 15, 26, what did he say? You, you quoted it the other day. I put none of these diseases upon you. When Jesus Christ showed up and he's healing everybody over there in the book of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, and he's laying hands on people, all these sick folks, all these people that's got diseases, all these people that are crippled and full of devils, amen, he's saying, hey, Israel, you're sick, you're sick, you're sick, you're not keeping my commandments, you're not following my laws, you're not doing what I told you to do. If you just simply do what I told you to do, you wouldn't be sick. 
A lot of Christians can heal themselves if they just obeyed the scriptures by faith and walked by faith and did what God told them to do. Because they're not doing it for this cause, many are weak, many are sickly, and many sleep. 1 Corinthians chapter number 11. Why? Because they're not judging themselves. And it's not just at the communion. It's not just at the Lord's Supper. I believe you ought to judge yourself every day. And if we be judged, we're chastened of the Lord. Amen. There's Christians that want to follow this book and they get sick and they die. Got a bunch of prayer requests. Somebody gave me a list of some church's prayer requests today. There's a bunch of people in need here. You know what Dr. Peter Glidden said about this list right here? He hadn't even seen that list. You know what Dr. Peter Glidden said about that right there? He said his goal is to shorten that list in every church in the world. How? By teaching them how to supplement, amen, and eat right and do right. We'd get healthy people. We'd have less people asking for prayer. But we've got people that sit back and want to eat two big Bufords a night with two fries and three gallons of Coke and eat that every day and turn around and wonder why we're sick and we're having heart pains and chest pains and dying of heart attacks and strokes, amen, and cancer. Because how many people eat their vegetables? God gave us vegetables. Man gave us processed junk in the stores and what's coming into our houses and on our shelves and in our cabinets and the grocery carts is all this processed junk. And he says, you got to quit listening to catalogs on the commercials when, you, when you're buying food. They ain't advertising good, healthy stuff. When's the last time you've seen them ever advertise a good, wholesome tomato fresh picked from your garden? You ever cut open a tomato and look at it? Look at it. It's got four chambers in it. Pictures your heart. One of the best th foods for your heart is a tomato. I better get off all that. I'm just talking about the gifts of healing. There's people that know how amen, to help heal. And you know what? Our government's against it. It's FDA deregulated. Listen, the FDA is fixing to make it and the pharmaceutical company's fixing to make it. We got to have a doctor's prescription to get a vitamin. I'm telling you, there's, people say there ain't no conspiracies. They better, they better wake up. Notice what it says. Not only the gift of healings, comma, the gift of what? Helps. Amen. Governments. Diversity of tongues. What's that gift of tongues there? That's what we're talking about. What's that gift of tongues? That's languages. I got a friend, Cliff Taylor, that knows six different languages. Amen. Humberto Gomez got a gift of language. He knows English and Spanish. You know what he did? He helped fix all the problems in the Roberta Alvera or whatever that is uh, translation of the Spanish people, and now they got the Gomez translation that he fixed the problems with it because he's a Bible-believing Christian that believed the King James Bible, and he wound up reading the King James, and as you're reading the Spanish, he said it doesn't ring like the King James does. And he went through it, and he began to fix the problems. And people are going, man, we like this. It's got a ring to it. There's something good to it. You know how many brethren are hating him for doing that? Hello, they're jealous. You know what the second major language in the world is? It's Spanish. He's got the gift of tongues. God's using them. Boy, I didn't get a lot of amens on that one either. Amen. Amen. Are all apostles? No. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Are all workers of miracles? No. Do all have the gifts of healing? No. Do all speak with tongues? No. Do all interpret? No. But covet earnestly what? The best gifts. Amen. Somebody would say, you haven't given me all the gifts. I'm trying to get through tongues. Amen. You want the gifts? 
Ephesians chapter number 4. You want the gifts? Romans chapter number 12. You want the gifts? 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. You want some more gifts? Assigned gifts? Mark chapter number 16. Verse 14. Chapter, four, chapter 14, verse 1. Follow after charity, desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may what? He's saying, hey, I want you to do something. I'd rather you not covet spiritual gifts. I'd rather you prophesy. Now, prophesy is not you foretelling the future, amen, per se, that you got some vision come to you. Before you think you can do that, you need to read Ezekiel chapter number 13 and, and Jeremiah 23. Because there's a bunch of men that said God sent me and he didn't send. There's a bunch of men that said I had a dream and they didn't have a dream. But they got a vision in their own heart. And that's what 99% of all this junk is out here is people got a vision of their own heart. And they got a bunch of suckers that don't want to read the Bible, spend time on their face in prayer, and they wind up going to these guys and they tell them the secret of success. They appeal to their covetousness. You say, how do you know that? Read 2 Peter chapter number 2. Amen. They, because of covetousness, these people are covetousness, these men appeal to that. So these people are supporting them, hoping they'll get rich. Because that's what they're promising them. They're following false prophets and false teachers deny the only Lord God that bought them, male and female, false prophets and teachers. 2 Peter 2.22. Amen. They're following false people that's promising and they're making merchandise of these people. Because they don't like it. Somebody's shooting straight with them and telling them the truth. They're babies. Remember? Babbling, barbaric babies. They're babies. The most carnal, immature group of people, if they are saved, are a bunch of charismatics. Amen. <laughs> yeah, grow up and become a soldier for Christ. Go ahead and believe the book. If they really want the truth, they'll accept the truth and they'll receive a rebuke and they'll get in the book and they'll try to prove me wrong and find out I'm right. Amen. Look at what it says. But rather what? Prophesy. Verse 2, for he that speaketh in what? We already established it's not something that's unknown to everybody. We already established this morning it's unknown to some, but known to others. Hello. I'll give you another example. Turn to Galatians chapter 1. Hold your place here and turn to Galatians chapter 1. Paul's telling you some things that he did. Verse 21, Afterwards I came into the regions of Syria and Cilicia and was unknown how. By face unto the church of Judea, which were in Christ. They heard and knew about the apostle Paul, but they didn't know him if they recognized him. Amen? But once they knew him, then they knew him. Listen, Paul was known to some and not known to others. The unknown God was known to Paul, but not known to others. Paul was unknown by face to some, but he was known, well known in face to others. Amen. Unknown. This is a tongue that you don't know, but it's known to others. Amen. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto. He said, see there, they got some unknown tongue and they're praying to God. Watch this. For no man understandeth him. See there, no man understandeth him. He's got something. How being the spirit, he speaketh what? Mysteries. I don't think this is a positive note to a charismatic. I believe it's a rebuke. You say, Why? Look in verse uh, 15, verse 14. 
1 Corinthians 14, 14. If I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding's what? Unfruitful. What is it then? Question mark. I will pray with the spirit. I will pray with my understanding also. I will sing with the spirit, and I will sing with the understanding also. Paul's saying, when I'm praying, I'm not going to try to pray in some unknown gibberish going praying out to somebody, just saying I'm directing it to God, and I really don't know if I'm directing it to God, that I'm possessed of some spirit, and my tongue's just a flapping and going to town, and I'm saying that's the Holy Ghost. Paul said, hey, you know what? You know what? I'm going to pray in, with my understanding. I'm going to pray. When I pray, I'm going to understand what I'm saying. When I sing, I'm going to pray what I understand. See, the charismatics all want to run to verse 2. I don't believe Paul's justifying tongues in verse 2. You say, why? Verse 14 contradicts what he said in verse 2. Look at what he says. Verse 3, But he that prophesies speaketh who? On the men to edification, exhortation, and comfort. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue what? It's no value to anybody but the puffed up idiot that's trying to impress everybody in the church. I got some. Hey, I got a gift. Look at me. That's all he's trying to do. He's trying to build himself up. It's zero use to anybody. It ain't even helping God. God ain't interested in what that babbler's got to say. Amen. He ain't helping nobody. He's tooting his own little horn. Hello. Verse 4, He that speaketh an unknown tongue edifies himself, but he that prophesies edifies who? The church. Do you see that? Verse 5, I would that you all what? Spake with tongues, but rather. See there, we got another rather, that you what? Prophesy. For greater is he that prophesy than he that speaketh with tongues, except he what? Interpret. That he may what? That the church may receive edifying. He said, if you're not going to build somebody up with what you're saying, you just might as well keep your mouth shut. He said, because the only thing that needs to be said in church is something that's going to help somebody. Amen? All you're doing is tooting your horn, trying to put the spotlight on yourself. He said, you know what? Go ahead. I wish, you, I wish everybody could do that. He's just saying that in jest. He said, the best thing, you need to seek the best thing and the most important thing, amen, more rather to prophesy what? Because it edifies. It builds people up. It encourages people. Let's go on down through the passage. Verse 6, Now, brethren, if I come unto you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you? What? Except I shall speak to you either by revelation or by knowledge or by prophesying or by doctrine. He said, I am not edifying you. I am not helping you. Amen. By speaking in tongues. He said, there is zero help if I come walking in your assembly and I speak in a language you don't know. It is not helping a person a bit. Amen. But what will help you is if I can come in and preach to you something from God where you can understand it, where you can plainly hear it, where you can get a hold of it, and you can apply it to your life. That's where you'll get to help. Except it's an exception to the rule. Watch it. Verse 7. And even the things without life-given sound, whether piped or harped, except... They give a distinction in sounds. How shall it be known what is piped or harped? Amen. That sounds like today's Christian music. You got no idea what they're trying to do. Right? We had a car pull up beside us today. 
and they're rapping. And Priscilla goes, wow, I didn't know God had a last name until I heard that song. Hello? And that's what they're selling. They're selling blasphemy. Number one hits, blasphemy, filth, crud, junk. Can't understand half of what they're saying, but the only thing you can understand is their cuss words. Amen. Verse 8, for if a trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to battle? So likewise, ye accept. Look at that. Three times exception shows up. Amen. Except ye utter by the tongue words easy to be understood, how shall it be known what is spoken? Exactly. Exactly. If we don't know what you're saying, the best thing to do is keep your mouth shut. But these people think that's spirituality and they all gather around us and they're all going, and they're all going crazy. You ever been in their churches? Amen. I got the worst migraine in my life being in one of them. Amen. This is the biggest circus I ever seen. God showed me what was going on in that place. It's just a bunch of garbage, a bunch of people flapping their traps. Amen. And then some pious idiot standing up trying to give you a message and he's quoting out of the book of Psalms. He didn't give us no revelation. All that stuff was just a circus act. He didn't give us nothing to help benefit us out of the Word of God. These people are just speaking stuff. They don't even know what they're talking about. A bunch of liars. Look at what it says. Easy to be understood. How shall it be known what is spoken? For ye shall speak what? Into the air. That's all they're doing. That's all they're doing. Verse 10. There are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without signification. Therefore, if I know not the meaning of the voice, I shall be unto him that speaks what? A barbarian. He that speaketh unto me, a barbarian unto me. Amen. There's your barbaric people. Amen. Verse 12, even so ye, for as much as ye are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek, 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 that ye may excel to the edifying of the church. Seeking a tongue to vain babble in church is not edifying the body. It's not edifying the people. It's only building up your flesh. Colossians chapter number 2, vainly puffed up in their fleshly mind, thinking they got something. Amen. And they're parading and strutting themselves around in the flesh. And the only person that's building up and edifying is them. And we got to sit in these churches and sit there and go, there's well, Brother Blowhard. Look at him. Right? Oh. And he walks out of there thinking he's so spiritual. Because some other knucklehead in the church thinks that God spoke to him and he gave him the interpretation. Hello? Amen. Amen. So then both go out, smoke a cigarette behind the shack, patting each other on the back for knowing God. Seek that ye may excel to the edifying of the church. Verse 13. Wherefore, let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. Amen. If, there, if I get a Filipino coming in here and he's speaking, amen, Tagalog... Right? It's unknown to me. He better pray his interpreter come in here so we can understand what he's saying. Or it's just going to be a bunch of hot air and everybody, nobody's going to get nothing on church service. Amen. Verse 14. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is what? Unfruitful. What is it then? I will pray in the spirit. I will pray... With the understanding also, I will sing with the Spirit, I will also, or will sing with understanding also. Verse 16, else, when thou shalt bless with the Spirit, how shall they that occupy the room of the unlearned say, Amen, at thy giving a thanks, seeing he understandeth not what thou what? Amen. Amen. What good is it, Paul's saying? 
If you pray, we don't, if you're giving thanks and you're praying in an unknown tongue, we don't understand what you said and we can't say, man, what good are you praying over the food for, man? What good is it? Paul keeps doing it. What good is it? What good is it? Verse 17, thou verily givest thanks well, but the other is what? Not edified. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than y'all. He, he knew languages. Yet in the church, I'd rather, or there it is again, I'd rather speak five words with my understanding that my voice might teach others also than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. Boy, isn't that the condemnation right there? You're better off saying five good, sound, edifying words then you ought to run your mouth for 10, 20, 30 minutes and speak 10,000 words that's of no use or value to anybody. Hey Amen. Boy, get me the rod. Boy, he knows what that means. Right? If I say, son, go get me the rod. It changes his whole complexion. Changed the whole attitude. Understanding. He understood exactly what that means. Huh? If I look at my daughter and I say, upstairs to the office right now, she, she understands. Daddy, she, she already knows what that means. Hello? You know, God speaks a couple words. It's so plain. Churches have a hard time. The world has a hard time. The government has a hard time. Churches have a hard time over a few little words. Five words. I don't even think that. Thou shalt not. Three words. Oh, man, it can't end up. All those three words, they hate it. God said, no. Of the tree of good and evil, thou shalt not eat it. Don't eat it. The whole problem, God said, no. Amen. What part of no don't you understand? That's simple. People can't handle that. That's why they don't want to come to church tonight. Because they want to go out there and fulfill the lust of the flesh and do whatever. They want no restrainer. Jesus, Jesus said, if I had not come, you had not known sin. Now that I've come, you've got no cloak, no covering for it. And if you don't believe that I'm here, you'll die in your sin. You're in trouble, bud. That's why they hate preaching. That's why they hate Jesus Christ. Because he took the lid off. He took the mask off. And he said, No. That's why they hate old-time preaching. That's why a lot of people don't come and ask advice from a preacher. Because they already know the answer. Preacher, is this right? Okay, you already know the answer. Amen. Verse 20, brethren, be not children in understanding how bit malice be children. That means a little kid don't hold grudges. Amen? A little kid is easy to forgive you for your wrongs. But adults, over the littlest thing, oh, they'll carry that grudge as far as you can imagine. They become the professional Hatfield McCoys. More churches are split by not obeying that verse right there. They don't know how to forgive little offenses. And they hold grudges. And they build up malice, ill will, enmity, resentment. Anger, they hold it. They, they sit and stew on it. They chew on it all day long. People get mad at the preacher and chew them up. Amen. 
and chew them up, chew them up. They leave churches, chew them up. 30 years later, they're still chewing on what that preacher said. And that preacher got no idea. Amen. You know, if you get bitter at somebody else, they control your life. I don't want nobody controlling my life. <laughs> I don't want one little event in my life to control me, ruin my life, and that's all I ever think about. Right? Brethren, be not children in understanding, but how be it? In malice, be children, but in understanding, be men. He said, grow up. Use your head. Figure out how this has a relationship between us and God. Think about it. Most people don't want to be a man. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13, When I was a child, I spake as a child, thought as a child. But when I came a man, I put what? Away childish things. He said, grow up, become a man. You know what we need? We need a man. You know what a lot of women need? They need a man. The only difference between men and boys is the price of their toys. Some men never grow up. They're still out there in the garage playing with their little hot rod at 70 years old, twisting wrenches, polishing his crown. Why? Because he ain't ever grown up. He's always got toys. Amen. Be a man. That was free. How much is the rest? Amen. I can get my bill in the mail. Amen. Verse 21. And the law is written with men of other tongues and other lips, so I speak unto this people, yet for all that will they not hear me, say the Lord. Wherefore, tongues are for a sign, not to them that believe, but them that believe not. But prophesying serveth not for them that believe not, but them which what believe. If therefore the whole church be come together into one place, and all speak with tongues, and there come in those that are unlearned, or unbelievers, will they not say, ye are what? Mad. Crazy. Therefore we call them crazy maddocks. We call the charismatics crazy maddox because they all get in the church and they all begin to start speaking in tongues. They work it all up. They get in a frenzy. They all come down to the altar. I seen a blind man down to the altar one night and he's praising God. He's having a good time. He's enjoying Jesus. Got his black sunglasses on. He can't see. They're so dark. And he's just having a good time. And this evangelist grabs this girl and he's going, la, 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 and he's picking her up off the ground. La, 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 and he let her go. When he let her go, her arms begin to start spinning like propellers. And she came back, man, and caught that blind man in the face. Boom! Hit him in the face. He hit the ground going, woo! He really thought he got hit by something. He did. It was that girl's arm. I looked at the person I came with. I said, this is a circus. Have a good night. I'll see you later. And I got up and left. Hello. Amen. It's a circus. Don't tell me that girl got full of the Holy Ghost and knocking down blind men. That man needed healed. That man needed to recover and see sight. He didn't walk out of there seeing his sight. A bunch of charlatans, a bunch of people deceived. Amen. But if all prophesy, and there come one that believeth not, or is unlearned, he is convinced of all and judged of all, and thus the secrets of his heart are made manifest. That's why men don't want preaching. They don't want plain preaching. They don't want a man to open up that book and say, Hey, bud, this is a problem. Amen. You're the problem in your home. You're the problem in your life. You are the problem. It's not your environment. It's not your circumstances. It's you. They don't want to hear that. <laughs> People don't want to hear they're to blame. They want to blame it on everybody else. We got this victim mentality in the world. Amen. And therefore, we're blaming God and everybody else for our circumstances. Listen, we need to accept who we are and take responsibility. I have transgressed the just and holy God. I deserve to die and go to hell. And therefore, I'm receiving Him and trusting Him. I am to blame. 
It's me, it's me, it's me, oh God. It's not my wife. My home needs improving. Let's improve daddy. My home needs improving. Let's work on Pastor Parks. My church needs improving. Let's work on the preacher. Well, if the church is unfruitful, let's deal with the preacher and his prayer life and his Bible study and his witness. Let's start at the top instead of me pointing out fingers at everybody else where the problem's at. Amen. What's going on over at Iowa Baptist Church? Why are they unfruitful? Ask the preacher. He ain't, he ain't no good. Hello. I ain't pointing fingers at anybody. If anybody's got the problem, it's me. And that ought to be your attitude. If there's a problem how we have church, it's probably me. I'm the problem. I need preaching. I can sit back and say, well, you need preaching. I'm not examining your life. I don't go around your house and get a periscope and spy out over the top of the bushes and see what you're doing so I can come in and preach. Hello? I don't go to your mailbox and examine your mail to see what you're getting. I don't peek through your blinds, amen, to see what you're watching on television. I don't care. You said you don't care? No. I care about you wanting to walk with God and know God, and I assume you want to know God and walk with God, and I'm trying to have a message straight from God to help you that you might have the touch of God and the power of God in your life, and you may be able to get the blessings of God. If you got sin in your life and we hit on it, I pray you're mature enough to be able to deal with it and say, mm, that got me. Lord, I need help. And deal with it between you and God. I'm trying to raise men and women for God, not children. Hello. Amen. You know what the secret is? Having people's hearts manifested. You know why people don't want old time preaching? Because it exposes who and what they are. Amen. You know why people don't spend much time in prayer? Romans chapter number 8. Because the Spirit searches the hearts. And when they get in their prayer closet, amen, the Holy Ghost begins to examine the heart. And he said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Well, stop, 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 stop. Put your wish list down. Let's deal with this right here. Lord, I don't want to deal with this right here. And they say, Lord, i got to go play softball. He said, that's what I thought. I didn't think you wanted to be right with me. And they run out of his presence. Instead of spending time with God to deal with what they are. People want to deal with who they are. They want to come to God and pull the slot, and pull the lever, hit the lotto. In Jesus' name. <laughs> right? Hello? Amen. That's what they want. Right? That's what preaching is for health and wealth and prosperity gospel is preaching. They don't want the secrets of the heart manifest. They really don't want to see what they are. That's why they want to change that book. Women don't want to find out that they're supposed to submit and obey their husbands. Husbands don't want to find out they're supposed to obey or uh, love their wives. They don't want children don't want to find out they're supposed to obey their parents. They don't want to hear that. Men don't want to hear they're supposed to obey their rulers. There ain't no man going to tell me what to do, bless God. Yeah, well, that's why your wife won't submit to you because you won't obey them to have rule over you. You expect your children and your wife to obey you, but you won't obey your pastor. You won't obey your government. You won't obey your boss. But men are supposed to turn around and expect their wives to obey when they won't set an example. Amen. Men don't want to hear this kind of preaching. Men don't want to, men want the headship of the house, but they don't want to do what it's required to be the head. Amen. And thus are the secrets of his heart manifest. And so falling down on his face, he will what? Worship God and report that God is in you in the truth. 
See, I believe in the Holy Ghost getting into people's hearts and lives and dealing with them. You know what you won't find in these charismatic churches? For the most part, you won't find them really dealing with sin. Most of all those charismatics are preaching on the new you and the prosperity gospel and the better you and how to improve you and how to strengthen the flesh and positive thinking. Verse 26, How is it then, brethren, when you come together, every one of you hath a psalm or a doctrine or a tongue or a revelation, hath an interpretation? How come all you guys want to line up for the circus? How come you ain't coming to get a blessing? How come you think you've got to come and bestow all your earthly wisdom on everybody? Let all things be done how? He says, on to edify. Edify is to build others up. We don't find a whole lot of people want to build people up. I'm not talking about flatter. There's a bunch of these guys go around and flatter other men's wives. Oh, Sister Sosa, you look beautiful tonight. He ain't said that to his wife in how long? Right? Amen. Oh, sis, man, you cook a wonderful... Oh, man, you are a great cook. He begins to flatter somebody else's wife, but he ain't told his wife she fixed a good meal in how many years? That's how they wind up committing adultery. Because she heard something. <laughs> oh, I heard some good words. And then she starts dressing for the brother that said, she's pretty. Now, I ain't getting no amens on this. Amen. Hello? Amen. I don't compliment other women. I might say, thank you for a good meal, but I don't sit back and say, woo, sister, man, you look sharp today. <laughs> ain't happening. Ain't happening. Amen. If you, if you look good and you dress nice tonight and, and, and my wife says, man, you look nice, amen, I'll say, get him, amen. I'm not second in emotion. <laughs> Hello? Wow, I'm not, I'm not setting a net for my feet. A flatterer spreads a net for his feet. I'm not going to go out and flatter. I'm not going to falsely praise people. Some of the preachers, the average church you go to, amen, for the thir first 30, 40 minutes, they're just bragging on the people. And that's why you see all the nameplates on the pews and on the walls and on the pianos and everything else. Because they got to sit around and they got to coddle everybody and they got to pet all the little sheep. Oh, thank you for coming tonight, Brother So-and-so. Oh, you're such a great person. Oh, what a wonderful person. You're a pillar of assembly. Amen. God bless you, Brother So-and-so. And he's got to go around and he's got to sit there and he's got to pet every one of his little children in the pews. <laughs> Amen. And then he gives them a little lollipop sermon. <laughs> Amen. Hello. So they'll come back. Amen. And there ain't no kid in the pews. They're all out playing basketball. And the, and the youth pastor comes walking in with five-gallon buckets full of candy and dumps it on the floor. And all them kids are eating candy. Amen. That's all what church is all about. They ain't getting Jesus. They ain't getting heaven and hell. They ain't getting the devil preached out of them. It's just a big old carnival. Amen. Let all things be done to edify. Verse 27. If any man speak in an unknown tongue, let it be by two or to most what? Three. They blow it right there. The average charismatic church, the tongue churches that I've been in, they're speaking multitudes of them. And ain't max three people. Hello? You understand? Watch it. I'm fixing to show you something here. The charismatic churches do not believe and won't handle. If any man speak an unknown tongue, let it be by two or to most three. And that by course, what's course mean? In order, in turn, right? And let one interpret. Charismatic churches, when they get into speaking tongues, they're all doing it all together for the most part. And then every now and then they'll, they'll slip off into this after everybody's done got their humbo jumbo going. 
And then they'll let one, one will kind of rise up above them all and then he'll do something for about five minutes. And everybody's over there. And they're all speaking in tongues and diffused. And then one clown will jump up and he'll give you the interpretation. And then old rascal will stand back up. And then that other clown will stand up and interpret again. It's a joke. By course, and let one interpret. But if there be no interpreter, let him keep silent where? In the church. I've seen charismatics come into Baptist churches and try to speak in tongues, and the preachers were gracious. They just let them jibber and jabber and make an idiot out of themselves, and they edified themselves thinking they was praying in the Holy Ghost. I wish I could interpret it. I wish I was in charge of the service. I'd have said, hey... Sister so-and-so, <laughs> she just interpreted and told us that she's having an affair and her husband with a mailman. Huh? <laughs> Amen. She's been having an affair for 13 years with her postman. Boy, that'd get the church going, wouldn't it? Huh? Brother so-and-so stand up, he, 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 he speaks in tongues, nobody interprets, so I'm here to interpret. He just donated $38,000 to the building fund. <laughs> Hello? You watch him spit his false teeth out on that one. Hey, Amen. Give me a chance to prophesy and interpret for him. I'll do it. You said you're mocking now. Exactly. That's what Elijah did in 1 Kings 18. Hey, Amen. That's what Paul's doing in the book of 1 Corinthians. He'd be sarcastic all the way through it if you could watch him. He said, oh, you're spiritual people. He's mocking them. Hey, Amen. Look at what he says, verse 28. But if there be no interpreter, let him keep silent where? In the church. And let him speak what? To himself and to God. Verse 29. Let the prophet speak two or three, and let the other judge. If anything be revealed to another that sitteth by, let him first what? Well, I've been in services, man, where they just all want to open up their mouth. Oh, I got something. Oh, oh, oh. And they just can't wait to spit it out. And they're willing to shut down the preacher. Amen. They're willing to override the preacher. They're willing to do things. I've, I've seen it in the jails and other things. I've rebuked them, kicked them out of the services, and other men came walking in, and people got saved. And the brethren don't, hasn't invited me back to the jail because I kicked a man out of his service. But he's so blind that he can't see that two others walked in and got saved and that man was causing a problem and I understood it and I rebuked the idiot because of 1 Corinthians 14, he wouldn't keep his mouth shut. Amen. That God's not the author of confusion. Amen. But a peace. And I said, you need to shut up. You're out of order. You need to listen to the man of God. And he wouldn't shut his mouth. I said, then you need to get out of here. This is our time, not your time. You go out and talk to the warden. Get your own time. Get out of here and let the man of God speak. You said, you do that? I did it. And when he walked out the door, two walked in, sat down, two got saved. Amen. He said, man, you're a jerk. I don't want some clown to ruin the church service. The Bible said, let it all be done decently in order. There's an order to these things. That's what God's trying to tell you. These services are out of control. They're out of order. Watch this. If any, verse 30, if anything be revealed to another that sitteth by, let him first what? Hold his peace. Verse 31, for all may prophesy one by one, that all may 
Learn and be comforted. Verse 32, and the spirits of the prophets are subject to? You know what preachers do? They go to camp meetings, get 50, 60 different preachers in the church. Amen. They get them to come into the church, and they said five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. You know how many preachers can obey the man of God when he says 10 minutes? He said, I'm going to give you 45 minutes. You know how many of them can avoid, uh, honor 45 minutes? Amen. Five minutes. Lou Guadano said, told his preacher boys, they give you 30 minutes, shut down at 28. Amen. Obey. Learn to obey. There ain't no man going to tell me what to do. Amen. I know a man. Last night I was talking to him. Told a man, sit down in our church for six months before you even think about doing anything. You know what Greg, East, Greg Eastep says? Come in, sit down, shut up, don't do nothing for two years. Just sit down. Let us minister to you. Let us preach to you. Sit down and prove yourself faithful in the pew. You know how many people can do that? Why? Because they can't follow. They're not subject. Amen. You go in the military, you know what they do? They take a bunch of punks that won't obey daddy and come walking in, strutting in with a pretty little girly hair on and they're really hip and cool with a little earring in their ear and they join the military and next thing you know they're woke up at 4 o'clock in the morning and they're out there running and doing push-ups standing in their underwear polishing their shoes and doing all these things and they learn how to take orders and when they don't take orders they, they become professionals at doing push-ups and sit-ups and, and peeling potatoes and washing dishes and scrubbing and mopping floors and cleaning latrines until they learn how to obey an order a friend of mine, Randy Byrne, is a Marine. He was on an aircraft carrier and as a Marine. Down in the bottom of an aircraft carrier, guarding a Jeep. And he had to stand watch all night and guard that Jeep. In the middle of an ocean, amen, on an aircraft carrier full of trained soldiers, full of guns and weapons and planes, nobody was going to come and steal the Jeep in the middle of the ocean and drive it away. <laughs> but he had to keep guard. He had to obey those that had orders over him. Last thing people can do anymore is obey. You know what God's telling us? He's telling his people the sign of God's people's obedience. Hello. Look at what it says. The spirit of the prophet accepted the prophets. Verse 33, for God is not the author of who? Confusion, but, but of peace, as in all the churches. Watch this. We will stop the tongues movement right here in its place. Charismatic movement, Pentecostal movement will stop tonight if they'll obey this verse. Verse 34. Let all your women what? Keep silent where? In the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to what? Why can Joyce Meyer stand up in a church and lead the church in speaking when it's forbidden for her to do so? She said, it's too late. I'm already, called. I'm already doing it. She's out of order. And any man that's sitting there following her is out of order. Any woman following her is out of order. <laughs> Amen. I wouldn't use her books for kindling. Amen. And I'm with Craig Cobb. A preacher friend of mine said he will not watch her and hear anything she's got to say because he's afraid he might quote her sometime when he's preaching and don't want to be found guilty quoting a woman preacher. And I said, amen, amen, amen. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Look at what it says, verse 36. What came the word of God out from you and came it 
unto you only? If any man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things that I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord. If any man be ignorant, let him what? Be ignorant. What is ignorance? Ignorance is not knowing. Right? Just because you don't know something doesn't mean you're stupid. It means you might not be privy or aware of the th facts. But if you have an opportunity to know the truth and you bury your head in the sand and ignore it, then you're stupid. Yeah. You understand? There's people who have an opportunity to know the Bible, but they figure that if they don't read it, then they don't have to give an account of it. Yeah. And God says, Paul said, you want to be ignorant? Go ahead, be ignorant. But you know what? One day you're going to face God. He gave you a book. And he gave you the Holy Ghost. And he gave you opportunity in your life to get alone and read it and acknowledge it and study it. And if you don't know it, then go ahead and be ignorant, Paul said. But they won't be accountable. Preachers won't be accountable. Amen. Verse 39. Wherefore, in view of all that, brethren, covet what? To prophesy. And forbid not to speak with tongues. Now listen. When he says forbid not to speak with tongues there, he's not talking about gibberish. He's talking about if a, if a Mexican comes in here and he's got something to say and I got another person that's going to interpret for him, don't forbid that man from speaking in the church. Let somebody be able to interpret for him. I preached in, in a Spanish church, in a Mexican church, and Humberto had a man preach for me and interpret for me. I preached in English and them gringos are jumping up and shouting and then that guy would interpret and then the, the Mexicans are jumping up and shouting and then I'd preach and the gringos were shouting and then this guy's a preaching and the Mexicans are shouting and we had a time in Jesus' name down in um, Matamoros, Mexico. Right? I preached in the Philippines. And when I preached in the Philippines, amen, there's times they were sitting there people interpreting what I was saying. Why? Because some of them people couldn't understand English. That's what it's talking about. And Paul said, don't forbid that. Verse 40, let all things be done how? Decently and in order. That ratchets by course up there in verse 27. You know what Paul said? There's a way to have church. And there's a way to conduct services. And everything has to have an order and a course in it. And he said, let us follow the course. Churches ought never be turned into circuses. Charismatic churches and stuff like that, they've showed them. They're running around barking like dogs and flopping all over the place and doing all kinds of crazy wild stuff and screaming. That's not the Holy Ghost. Behaveth itself not unseemly. And a lot of people do a bunch of stuff and claim the Holy Ghost was in it. Some guy said the Holy Ghost led him to run out the door. He was happy in Jesus. He ran out the door and there was nothing but bicycles and tricycles. And he went out there and cut and banged and skinned his knees and hurt himself landing in a pile of bicycles. You think the Holy Ghost led him in to go out there and wipe his body out into a bunch of bicycles? I trow not. Some man was wanting to go jump into baptistry, amen, thought he'd be spiritual during the camp meeting. And a guy's up there singing and he comes and runs and jumps, amen, goes to do a cannonball in the baptistry. And there had to be a rail right in the middle of that thing, and he straddled it. You think the Holy Ghost was in there? You think the Holy Ghost encouraged that man to do a cannonball in the baptistry? I trow not. 
Amen. Listen, there's a lot of things people do. They blame it on the Holy Ghost. And it's because everybody else enjoys entertainment. They enjoy it, and then they work it up again. They work it up again. They work it up again. I'm not against shouting. I'm not against praising. I'm not against singing. I'm not against somebody who wants to dance in the spirit. They better speak it in English. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I'm not against somebody getting happy. I'm not against somebody wanting to run the aisles and swing. But I'm telling you, you better make sure that God's in it and not just flesh. People do a lot of stupid things in Jesus' name and get hurt. Amen, amen, amen. They just better be careful not getting crazy. I know some churches, they think the crazier the camp meeting gets, the more the Holy Ghost in it. Some guy takes and dumps a flower pot, puts a flower pot on his head, and he's running all over the church with a flower pot on his head. Is God in that? I don't know, is he? They get wild. Some of these guys get wild, man. They get crazy and start doing things. Is that the Holy Ghost? Get all bug-eyed. <laughs> Getting red in the face. They get filled with the Holy Ghost. They're going, Woo! Yeah, oh yeah, okay. That's, you, that's the Holy Ghost, okay. I'm telling you, he blesses and anoints what a man says. And he touches men. And you get a bunch of people that act like they've been plugged into 220 and they're vibrating all over the place and screaming and hollering and getting red in the face and wiggling their hands and turning blue and all that other stuff. That's just them. And we got a bunch of people thinking that's the Holy Ghost. And so we got a bunch of kids in churches trying to interpret that and, and, and imitate that and turn around and they're in the flesh doing all that. Amen. I'm telling you, we're talking about tongues. We're talking about the charismatic movement. We're talking about people that say they're filled with the Holy Ghost and they're impersonating the Holy Ghost and the things that they're doing are contrary to the Holy Ghost. It goes against his nature. Some of the best services I ever heard, Carl Partain was there and he's just barely playing the guitar and the church get quiet. And it gets so quiet, you can hear your heart beat. And some reason when it gets real quiet like that, and he's just barely picking that guitar, people begin to get nervous. I don't know what it is when churches get quiet, they get, they get nervous. And Carl Partain say, this is my favorite attribute of the Holy Ghost. Listening for that still, small voice. Man, that altar began to start filling up and nobody's preaching. Because that man was touched by God and he just brought it all down to where we lived. And the Spirit of God began to move and stir minds. And the altar began to be filled and nobody was screaming and yelling and running the aisles. And he just sat there and he just lightly, gently picked the guitar. I can remember a lot of people want to interpret that side of the Holy Ghost. And people begin to flood the altars. People begin to get touched by God. Some of the best camp means I've ever seen, man, to get up there and preach and that thing's so sober, nobody's saying a word. Alder can't even, can't even wait for the preacher to get done preaching. People begin to start hitting the altar, start weeping, start crying. It might go half hour, 40 minutes, an invitation, nothing said. It's quiet. 
I'm telling you, people got a funny idea what the Holy Ghost is, and they're trying to counterfeit him. They're trying to imitate what real old time preaching is. I'm telling you, be still and know that I'm God. Isn't that what Brother Raglan or Brother uh, Gabbard preached last week? Be still. Get our all back. <laughs> Brother Caleb, you dismiss us in prayer, please.